Amen. Well, if you've got your Bible tonight, let's go ahead and turn to Proverbs chapter 31. Proverbs 31. Is that where I want you to be? When you get there, read it through and then back up to 29. <laughs> 29 is what I meant to say, where we want to go. And let's take a moment and pray uh, for before we get into this message. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you so much tonight. You're with us, you're for us, and not against us. We ask you that, you that you'd give us the word for the hour, the message for this time. Thank you for utterance in the Holy Ghost, boldness to speak your word. Thank you for grace that is sufficient now to accomplish all your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, in Proverbs 29 and verse 18, the scripture says, where there is no revelation... The people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. Now that verse also says this, says this in the King James Version. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. We could say, without a vision, you're not going to be happy. Hmm? That's one reason why people uh, cast off restraint. They wander about aimlessly. They live an unhappy, unblessed life simply because they have no vision. Or in some situations, this talks about having no vision, but that could be also true when someone has the wrong vision. Okay. In other words, they see the wrong things. Now, here, here's the deal about that. Uh, too many people, too many Christians even, have a vision for their life that is even. In other words, when they see themselves going forward, things are either the same or they are getting worse. They envision the picture they have on the inside of their life is either it's always going to be kind of what it is or it's deteriorating. Many times, many people uh, today, of course, just because of others we know and things we've been told and how our minds have been programmed, we expect, now I'm not talking all of you, but maybe, but people expect that when they age for things to get worse. People expect in their latter years for life to really go downhill. And though it may be true, it is true that the outward man is perishing, the inward man is renewed day by day, it is true that someone when they're, uh, you know, 80, they're not going to do physically what they did when they were 20, right? But in no, to no degree does uh, the Word of God tell us and the Lord promises that things are going to get worse and worse and worse until we fall off, you know, and things are going to decline and get worse and worse and worse until you die. And then everything will be better because we'll be in glory. I really believe it should be just the opposite. Okay? Even though the physical man definitely changes 
through age and through time. Uh, it doesn't have to be ridden with disease and sickness. And we don't have to go out poor, <laughs> poor, depressed, kind of irritated at everybody, you know, sick, and then, whew, thank God, we get to go to heaven. I hope that's not our vision. If it is, that's what we need to be retraining, okay? And so we envision our lives getting better and better and better and better. Remember, Proverbs said, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. That seems to me, it seems to me, if that's wisdom and that's good, then God would make provision for me to keep getting richer throughout my life. Not, well, you get to a certain point, and of course there's retirement, so then you basically start chipping away at anything you have, and when you end, you're done. <laughs> You know, you're out of everything. Well, I don't think that's the way the Lord planned it. Anytime the Lord tells us what can happen, what in the world would He be telling us that for? Doesn't He know that someone like you and someone like me is going to grab a hold of that and say, you know what? I believe that's true for me. Didn't He know that would happen? Didn't He know that someone would actually believe His words and expect His mighty power and provision to be released on our behalf? <laughs> I think He did know that. <laughs> I think He knew that you would show up. I think He knew that I would be here taking Him at face value for everything He said and everything He promised. And even though we see no way and see no natural means for these things to happen, we're going to believe God in the midst of human weakness or human inability and say God is my God and I believe it shall be just as it was told me amen and that's the kind of people we're supposed to be amen praise God and things get better and better and that's the vision we need to have if you close your eyes at night and you see nothing <laughs> concerning your future and your life that can change and really if you imagine things getting worse and worse especially in a situation where you know gas prices are soaring and there's some different challenges financially in the world people will meditate on that and they'll begin to see themselves going down they'll begin to envision themselves without an income or without enough or without a job or, or whatever not able to to make it and quit it because your vision is producing your reality all right, doesn't happen overnight, but we must make sure that if what we see on the outside is not what we want, it's not where we're going, that we get a different picture on the inside. And that can happen with anyone. That can happen with a person living in a cardboard box. I'm telling you that a person without anything except a Bible, except a word from God, they can have vision, and that vision is going to propel them to their future. Amen. And, and also 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We want you to uh, look there again. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. This is our message, vision of victory. Vision of victory. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And verse 18. It says, While we do not look at the things which are seen... But the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. 
All right. Let me encourage you when I read some of these scriptures over and over again to look for something each and every time. Amen. You'll find that those, there's more that will jump out at you. Amen. But we're, again, now we're instructed to look at things that we can't see. Told specifically. We do not look at things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Now, understand this from a practical reality. Uh, we do live in a physical world, and we are here in a physical body. The moment you leave your physical body, you don't qualify to be here anymore. Okay, You have to have a physical body to operate in the earth. That's why Jesus had to be born of a virgin and come in likeness uh, as a man, become a man. Because to have authority in the earth, you had to be a man. Okay, You had to have flesh and blood. That's what qualifies us to be here. And so we are not supposed to, when it says we don't look at things that are seen. Uh, well, when you're crossing the street, you might want to look <laughs> at the things which are seen. <laughs> You know, you see a semi coming down the road and say, I'm not moved by what I see. <laughs> You're about to be moved. <laughs> You're about to relocate. <laughs> okay, that's not what that's saying, obviously. But we don't make that the final word on anything. Okay, what we see because the fact he's saying this, what is seen is temporary. What, he, what we see is subject to change, but what we don't see the Word of God, His promises, His kingdom, those things are eternal. And so that should be our focus. Focus in on something that cannot change. And it can take a squirrely life, squirrely roller coaster life and lock it down and make it solid. Huh? I've known some people in my life who were uh, just up and down constantly. Not just a little bit like everyone has you know, their emotions change and so forth, but just constantly up, and one minute they're just on the top of the world, and they're the happiest person around, and you catch them the next day, and look out world, <laughs> I mean, because they did not wake up on the wrong right side of the bed. You, you ever known someone like that? You've never been like that, I'm sure, but uh, uh, maybe you've known someone like that, and uh, that's not the way we're supposed to live. Uh, dominated by what we see and what we feel and our emotions. We're not supposed to be ruled by those things. Praise God. We're supposed to be in charge. Mm. Amen. And so these things uh, uh, are um, what is necessary for us to have the vision for our lives that God wants us to have. Uh, just the very fact, if you've had things going on in your life that were good and presently they're bad, doesn't that kind of validate the fact that things change? <laughs> but why is it sometimes so easy for a person to believe that things can get worse? But it's difficult for them to believe that they can turn back around the other way again. Sometimes people have things go right and they have this thought in their mind that, oh, I hope this will last. Almost this fear that they'll lose what's right. But then when things go wrong... They have this image like, it's always going to be this way. Man, I don't know how this is ever going to turn around. Can you say that's just plain, flat-out negative and, and contrary to the Word of God and completely opposite of the way we're supposed to think? When things are going well, I should be shouting the victory and thanking the Lord. He's faithful today. He'll be faithful tomorrow. And things are going well, and I believe they'll continue to go well. And if things are not going well, I believe they're going to change. Because they used to be better than they are, so... That proves that if the door swings both ways, <laughs> right? If it can open one, why can't it open the other way? You know, or if, if it can close, why can't it open again? It can. It's just, uh, it's just we've been programmed so many times by, by negativity and doubt and unbelief and fear and anxiety. All this stuff has, has uh, 
you know, kind of created the way that we approach life and things, and it's got to change. And how is it going to change? Again, by us focusing on the unseen, getting a vision. Every time the Lord speaks, every time He has promised us something, we should be able to close our eyes and see ourselves with it. If He promised me healing, I can close my eyes and see myself healed. And if not, I keep staying there until I can. If He promised me peace, if He promised me joy, if He promised, you know, if you're single, He promised you a he who finds a wife finds a good thing. If He promised you a spouse, close your eyes and see Him. Or see yourself married. You might not know exactly what they look like, you know what I'm saying, but you see yourself with the fulfillment of God's provision and God's promise. Amen. Instead of seeing yourself alone. Alone. You imagine yourself driving in the car alone. <laughs> Getting in bed every night alone. Going out to eat by yourself. Don't imagine that. See that person there? <laughs> Praise God. Whatever God said. Whatever He promised. Whatever He promised that we would be. Remember He, remember he talked to Gideon. The angel met him. You know, hiding in the threshing floor there. And he called him a mighty man of valor. Didn't act like one. Didn't look like one. He didn't think he was one. Didn't feel like one. But God said he was. So what do you do when God says something about you that seems like it's untrue? You know that he is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it and shall he not do it? Has he spoken and shall he not make it good? You say the Lord said it, therefore it's true. I am a mighty man of valor. You say that about yourself, and you see yourself that way. Praise God. And these type of things don't necessarily become a pattern of thinking just because we put our mind on it for two minutes. Just because we heard a message on it real quick, and whoo, yeah, that was good. Well, if I don't, <laughs> sorry, if I don't keep my mind on it, I'm not going to have that vision because I am looking at stuff all day long. I'm looking at a world that's filled with sin and falling apart. I'm looking at people not doing well as well as some who are. I'm looking, at, I see both good and bad, but, you know, I see a whole lot of bad. And so I've got to purposely keep some of these things before me. I want you to look at, at James chapter 1. How, how can we have a, a vision of victory, a victorious vision? I would say this, number one, replace negative input with positive input. Replace negative input with positive input. Now, I realize this while I'm saying this. We're not going to replace all negative stuff. You've got, you got to move out. You've got to move out of this world if you're going to get rid of everything negative not talking about being a monk somewhere and being in seclusion and we you know won't look at the world or have any contact that's not what God's plan is for us you know uh, just to to finish that point if we're really doing the great commission if we really have a heart of love and of service towards other people who don't know the Lord uh, we're going to see some junk hmm? if you if you ever have gone and uh, sharing the gospel with just people you know, not just a relative, or maybe sometimes it is a relative, but you know, just people on the street. You're going to get cussed at sometimes. 
you know, you're going to see all kinds of, uh, uh, of sin and all kinds of stuff that maybe you, if you've been a Christian a while, you probably don't see as much of that as hopefully not out of your own mouth and, you know, uh, as you used to. But you're going to be exposed to evil just if you're obeying God. Okay? And that's okay. But understand, there's a purpose in that. So many times we're filling our lives with evil stuff and there's no purpose in it. So replace a negative vision. Replace negative input with positive input. Uh, constant negative input will create a negative vision. And it would be wise to surround ourselves with positive visionaries. If you want to do great things in your life, look to and listen to and look up to and respect those who are doing great things. Those who are accomplishing something in their life. Now, it doesn't mean you have to shun and disrespect those who have fallen or those who have failed. We just don't put them up in a place where we're following them. Hmm. I love people who are very successful and who have fallen on their face a hundred times. But I'm not going to follow the person who's fallen on their face a hundred times. Unless they've turned it around. Again, it's important that we're looking to the right people. We're following the right crowd and, and looking up to and reading after. And, and uh, you know, you listen to different people. But how many know we listen to different people with, with a different ear? And when you look to someone with respect and you, you look up to them, I mean, here, here's what, one of the deals. How, how many know many, many Americans, probably most Americans, look up to, at least to some degree, many of the uh, movie stars? They look up to and uh, somewhat idolize many people who are famous. And, you know, the problem with that is a good bit of those guys, and, and men and women, uh, are not something that we want to follow. They've made a lot of money, but that's it. You know, they got some fame, but their lives are not something we want to follow after. Okay? And, and, and so we need to look to the right people. You know, some of these people even think they know something about politics. <laughs> because they're in a movie and they're famous, and then, then they start spouting off about politics. And shut up. Man, you don't know what you're talking about. Anyway. Yay. <laughs> How many are excited about the election this fall? That's what I thought. <laughs> Amen. Lord, help us. Praise God. Well, the Lord hasn't fallen off the throne. Amen. And no matter what happens, I mean, we should be praying and getting involved and voting and everything. And, uh, and, uh, well, we don't need, don't need to be in fear. Do we? Does anything catch the Lord by surprise? No. The fact that you're going, so some of you are going through some stuff right now. Was the Lord surprised by it? No. What that tells me is not only was he not surprised, he made preparation for you to get out of it. Already, already thought of it ahead of time. Yeah, he always makes a way of escape. Always makes provision ahead of time. Amen. So if the Lord knew it, why didn't he stop it? <laughs> Well, it doesn't work that way. It really doesn't. The, the Lord doesn't just automatically come in and stop everything. And that's another message. Sometimes it's, it's, a, it's we need to stop some things. Hmm. And when we're paying attention, we'll find out we're a lot more sensitive in that area to know when things are coming.
Praise the Lord. Wow, I feel like we're all over the place right now. <laughs> Sound the alarm. So again, we, we want to replace negative input with positive input. Those who are negative and constantly are preaching doom and gloom are only going to hinder us. Okay? In other words, if I'm struggling physically, say with uh, sickness and physical weakness, I do not want to listen to, not even for a moment, I don't want to listen to someone who's telling me that God might not want to help me, might not want to heal me, or miracles have passed away, or, or any, any, of that, any of that nonsense. Okay? I don't want to hear telling me, someone coming up to me saying, well, you know, God is sovereign. Say, but don't you believe that he is? Well, of course I believe that he is, but not, but not the way that they mean it. People have twisted that word and given it a new definition, and it means that God can do anything and will do anything that he wants at any time, uh, always. And it's basically independent of us. That is not what that means at all. Not even close to what God being a sovereign. It just means he's, he's chief. He's the supreme rank and ruler, supreme in authority. Uh, that's the position he holds. It doesn't mean he's puppeteer. It doesn't mean he makes everything happen or allows everything to happen. That's just not what that means at all. Okay? And, uh, and the reason I say that, again, I don't want to listen to someone who's telling me about, uh, who's being negative about stuff. Okay? Uh, you know, if I'm struggling financially, I don't want to listen to someone who tells me it's not God's will for everyone to prosper. And say, why are you saying this? Because it is a hindrance to your faith if you listen to that. All right. Now, don't get me wrong. I know people, pastors, ministers, who don't believe that. Don't believe that God wants everyone healed and prospered and those type of things. And I still like them. And I still think they're saved, and I still think they love God and are doing some good things, but I just don't want to listen to them. Okay, why? Because it's going to hinder me. It's going to hinder my vision if I pay attention to that stuff over and over and over. Amen. Amen. And so we've got to pay attention. I, I know a guy, I don't know him, know of him, and he made a, made a shocking statement, I thought, uh, but he, he, he's a person who really believes in, uh, like we do, but like in, in miracles and the demonstrative display of God's power and people being healed. And, and, uh, and, and he's, a, he's a pastor, and he teaches this and, and moves in this, just has a lot of outstanding things happening. He, but he made a statement that he won't listen or read a book or listen to anyone who doesn't have miracles in their life. And I thought, wow. <laughs> I mean, I didn't say that about me. I'm just saying what he said as an illustration. And I'm not saying that I don't do that. I've, you know, but it, it makes the point. His reason for saying that is he didn't want to diminish that part of his life in any way. He only wanted to listen to someone who was moving in the area that he considered the most important thing. Okay. And, and, you know, it makes sense. If you know God's called you to do something, why listen to something that's going to get in the way of that? Amen. Amen. So, you still in James? Yeah. You know, I heard another pastor say, uh, 
years ago, he was, he, he was sharing a message um, about people in church taking offense and be, being offended at various things in church and in, in, and in ministries and so forth. And he said in his experience, whenever he saw a Christian get offended and leave church, they always went to a church that was, they always went back a step. And in his, what he was saying, they went into, uh, no one will take offense by this, but into it basically back into no, denominationalism. No, not saying that denominations are evil, whatever, but for the most part, most of them don't preach the full gospel. I hope I'm not stepping on any toes. Most of us know. You can ask questions if you want to know why I would say something like that. But as far as teaching the baptism of the Spirit, miracles are for today, and, and, and all these type of things, prophesying that God speaks today, all this kind of stuff, okay? Uh, he, said, he said, well, I think he said all of them, at least in his experience, when they got offended in a good church, they ended up going backwards in their spiritual walk. And, get, and not all of them just left church altogether, but they got involved with a church that was not as, didn't walk in as much revelation, say it that way. You, and basically, he's talking about they got involved in churches that didn't preach the baptism in the Spirit and, and, and healing and so forth like that, that God does those things today. And I thought, wow, that's, that's interesting. It's interesting. We, we need to watch out because uh, what we listen to, what we put before us, is going to get inside of us. You know, an, a, a friend of mine uh, from way back used to be involved in a good, good church, uh, you know, preached the full, what we call, call, what Paul called the full gospel. It's not just a charismatic term. Paul used that language in the Bible. Uh, uh, but used to be involved in a good church. And for, in his situation, I really don't know why, but for some reason, he got away from it and started going to another church. And this church, they love God, and I believe they're preaching the uh, salvation message, and people were getting saved. Uh, so it wasn't like it was evil, but he knew too much to go there. And he, had, he has kids and got his family there. And in the middle of all this, his wife got really sick and still to this day is suffering tremendously uh, in some areas that this new church they're going to again they love God and they're not bad people at all they just don't have the goods to help them in this situation and I feel bad about it and I I've actually told him once I just didn't want to push him or step too far I just said you know if you considered getting amongst a group that believes in the miraculous that believes in the delivering power of God and his healing power that would help the situation I threw that out for him to chew on because that was what came up in my heart too many times people are dealing with stuff and their associations don't have the answer and therefore they're never going to have a vision to get out of their current situation they'll do some natural things and medical and all this and sometimes that can help but sometimes it can't sometimes they don't know enough sometimes medicine is not advanced enough I mean you got you got to think that if we uh, if the Lord tarries is coming for a thousand years uh, what will doctors and so forth at that time say about our medicine today 
I, maybe what we say about the way it was a thousand years ago, you know, barbaric, and, and the, the, you know, the, the procedures used, they'll probably think, I can't believe that we used to do that to people. can't believe we used to put, use radiation on them, <laughs> you know, and kill them to try to save them. And, you know, I've got to imagine things will be so much further advanced. Uh, but today, you know, we're, we're not against that kind of stuff at all. We want to do whatever can help people. But there's limitations and it pays it really pays to be around those who will take the word of God at face value and uh, and not that those who don't believe it wouldn't say that they are but we have seen some things in the word of God and it produces healing it produces answers to prayer and miracles and I hear testimonies of people being just filled with the spirit just a powerful thing got to pray with a little boy uh, last week at at camp and he was baptized in the spirit spoke in other tongues how old he's nine years old I thought you know what what, what a blessing for him to, him to receive that at nine years old so why could he receive that well simply because his mom had him in the right place at the right time around those who knew something and it made a difference but how many know, you know, if he would have been, uh, again, amongst another, uh, amongst a group that didn't believe in that, it's not like he would have been doing bad, but he wouldn't have experienced that. And there's, it just pays to be around the right crowd, to have your own company that will lock arms with you and pray with you. And isn't that what we're here for? Come on. If you've not thought about it this way, we are to be here for each other and if someone is going down or under attack we will get a hold of God not that that's difficult but you know what I mean we're going to lay hold of miraculous power on their behalf and say we're going to pray with you and we're going to stay with this until you have breakthrough until you have victory manifest in your life we are not going to let you go under not going to let you go down amen James chapter 1, <laughs> praise God, steps to a victorious vision. Number one, replace negative input with positive input. And over here in James, verse 21, James 1, 21, Therefore lay aside, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For a man, if a man is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes his, himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was what happens he looks in the mirror looks away and can't remember what he just saw he forgets what he forgot what he looked like he, he went on to say but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work this one will be blessed in his deed and, and the point I'm wanting to make here of course is we're talking about vision getting the right picture inside of a victorious life and on top of a victorious life is anything specific the Lord says to you and the Lord would show unto you while you're 
meditating on him. He'll show you things that he wants you to do, all right? But these visions, these pictures, whether it's an open vision or just most of the time, it seems you can just see yourself doing that. I can see myself living there, driving this, wearing this, married like this. Uh, I can see myself serving here. I can see myself helping here. I can see myself being used of God. So many different areas. We see it. But what's necessary here is that he looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it. In other words, a quick look, a brief glance is not going to get the job done. It's not going to put in us what needs to be in us so that it will ultimately manifest and happen in our lives. Say, okay, so we look, and then we look, <laughs> and then we look. What, what I'm saying is, I, I think a negative vision takes time to get rid of. I don't think there's a quick laying on of hand service and poof. All the negativity that I've been exposing myself to over many years is all gone. No, that's not really the way we've been created. I've got to look, and I've got to look, and I've got to keep looking at it, and I've got to keep looking at it, keep looking at it. Almost, almost like the, uh, the time in the Old Testament where the snakes came in. Remember, they were on their way to Canaan. They were out in the wilderness, and the snakes came in and started uh, biting people, and they were dying. And uh, Moses prayed, and he said, put the serpent on a pole. Remember the medical symbol that we have today? And it's got that serpent around the pole that comes from that. And he said, put the serpent on the pole and tell everyone who looks at it, if they'll look at that, they'll be healed. And, uh, and they did. But it's interesting when you look at that word, you read that in the Amplified Bible, it talks about them having, a, uh, I think I'm using the right terminology here, a steady gaze or to fix their gaze on that serpent. In other words, they weren't instructed to do a drive-by, you know. <laughs> you've been bitten by a snake and you're dying I want you to cruise by take a look and you'll be healed no what they were told to do is stare at it fix your gaze and look at that thing look at it how long I don't know they had to look at it. maybe they just looked at it until it was gone until their 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 problem was gone look at it look at it let that be established in you we know that was a picture of Jesus being cursed for us cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree and it was the it was Jesus bearing our sickness that's the type and the shadow that was displayed there though they may not have known that at the time but still they were instructed to fix their gaze on it and what we fix our gaze on and we stare at long enough it produces that on the inside of us and if we can see it inside that's eventually what's going to manifest in our lives Say, what if I have been looking and I'm not seeing it on the outside? Keep looking. You keep looking. And keep that image before you. Keep that image before you. And oftentimes, the negative picture that we have about our lives and about our future, it didn't come overnight. We didn't wake up one morning and whoop, there we go. Now I foresee doom and gloom. Now I believe I'm going to fail. No, it, it, these, these kind of things happen over a period of time. Or even if you're just in kind of, uh, you're in neutral land, and you say, well, you keep talking about people having a negative vision. I can kind of see everything being okay with me. Well, yeah, that needs to change. Whoever, whoever said okay was okay. Right. <laughs> Where, where'd you get the idea that just enough was good enough? Right. Where'd, you, where'd you get the idea that, uh, you know, make it through is the Lord's will? It's not make it through. It's called let's excel. And let's succeed. And he's the one who came up with this more than enough stu stuff. Yeah. Right? He's the one who said, my cup runs. Over. 
over. <laughs> he, he's the one who didn't stop when the cup was full. He's the one who kept pouring, right? And so that's the, that's the, the image and the vision we should have for our own lives. If you say, well, I kind of foresee, you know, myself doing okay and everything being all right. We're not going to go down. It's time for, for you to step it up. It's like, it's like sometimes when you talk about uh, prosperity, financial prosperity, uh, some people get really satisfied and they say, well, you know, we have a good income and, you know, our bills are paid and we're making enough and there's going to be enough for retirement and everything's okay. And what a selfish person. They think, I, I, well, I don't really want much. We don't really need much. We're okay with just, you know, just getting by. Well, you're selfish too. Because whoever said that just getting by was all God called us to do. Hmm. The fact is, God called us to make a difference in somebody else's life. And if you have all the money you need and all the material stuff that you need, fine. No one's telling you to buy anything else if you don't want it. But believe God to help somebody else. Believe God and use your faith for increase so you can give. Because there's a whole lot of people are below the line. huh? They're not full they're half full or less. And so run it over, man. <laughs> Believe God for increase and run it over. And if, and if you don't want to spend anything else on yourself, again, that's not the big deal. That's your personal choice. You can or you can't. Hmm. I don't think the Lord's really concerned about that a whole lot. He's not uptight about what a lot of people are uptight about. Things and money and people, ooh, it gets under their skin. Man, it is so nothing. It's a tool to be a blessing and to minister. And if we get the proper mindset, you can have more, and, and you don't care. It's not that big a deal to you, and it's not that big a deal to him. But ultimately, we want to be a blessing. Amen. Pastor Mickey, I feel like I'm all over the place tonight. Get, you're, getting, you're getting off on me again. <laughs> I was going to say, I can't, I can't keep my train of thought. I feel like you're getting off on me. <laughs> Amen. Well, the Lord is good tonight. Praise God. The Lord wants us to keep looking. Looking at the same thing. I thought I'd finish this up tonight, but I got a lot more. <laughs> Amen. And so that might be, that might be sufficient. Uh, it's important that we keep our focus, though. And we'll come back, I think, and talk about that a little bit more, about keeping our focus on the right thing. And, uh, and I find that I find this, this message is kind of connecting to the previous message we taught and the one we're doing right now on Sunday mornings as well. I'm trying to keep them separate, but, <laughs> but they're all kind of running in together. And they all, as long as it's in the Word, I guess, one Bible, not using multiple testaments or anything. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Lord is good. Amen. 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 Praise God. Well, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you tonight for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. Lord, for being with us, for being on our side. You're so good to us, so good to us. Lord, you're helping us to see what we're supposed to see. Lord, to see what we're supposed to see. Lord, we do look to you. To look, we look at things invisible. We look at things impossible to man. And know that there is a reality in the unseen world. 
an unchanging reality and all things are possible to him who believes Lord we thank you for vision now for opening every eye Lord for giving us spiritual sight Lord we live in a time of an outpouring visions and dreams are a reality in our in our church and in our lives and they come from on high you show us what to do how to do it we thank you for the angels of God ministering spirits who help us and show us the way of the Lord we give you praise Lord oh we give you thanks stand up with me everybody we give you thanks we give you praise thank you for your sweet presence Lord your sweet presence for the joy of the Lord is our strength today the peace of God passes understanding Lord thank you for doing a work in us and for doing a work through us Lord you're opening our eyes to see see around the next corner praise God Lord we give you praise Lord we give you praise